Welcome to In China with Michelle Zhou. Manufacturers have long known China to be a leader in their industry, but now the world is recognizing China as a business center for companies, market traders, education, and artists. It's no wonder that the economy has grown to be the world's second largest. In our program, you'll learn from the thought leaders and professionals who have lived in both the U.S. and China and continue to do business there. Now, here is your host, Michelle Zhou. Welcome, everyone. It's so great to have you here today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou, and I'm your host, Michelle. I'm the founder and CEO of Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. We help American and Chinese organizations learn from each other, bridge their needs, and grow their businesses internationally. You can contact me at our company website, ptcgconsulting.com, or go to my LinkedIn. And connect me through there. Today we have attorney Ian Yang on the show together with me. He is a legal expert on China entry strategies. We are going to talk about what kind of business entity to set up in China if you are thinking about having a business presence in China. Welcome to the show, Ian. Thank you, Michelle. It's my pleasure to be here. So let's start with a brief introduction from you. Tell us a little bit about your professional experience and who you are. Sure. First of all, I'm a new immigrant to the U.S. I moved from Beijing to Seattle two years ago. I was an attorney for American law firms for many years, over ten, twelve years in Beijing, and representing multinational companies, getting their businesses set up in China, and also advising them on the China regulatory landscape. And、uh, at the same time, I represent Chinese companies going abroad. Yeah,、um, the China entry strategies is always the the top issue that many American companies will think about when once they wanted to do business in China, especially when they wanted to set up a presence or hire people in China. I'm right now. I'm currently in the North Council at.、Uh, Highways International PLLC and doing the same kind of work, advising U.S. companies going into China and also advising Chinese companies going abroad. Also trying to help local Chinese entrepreneurs to set up, start up their companies and doing financing.、Mm-hmm. So you've been in the Seattle area for two years now. Yes. Uh huh. So today I'm very happy. That Michelle invited me here to talk about the various options that the American companies can choose from to set up the presence in China.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I work on consulting side, and I work with American companies who are thinking about China,、mm-hmm. and.、Uh, You know, they usually first evaluate. Okay, if this is the market, I should go. Then you know, once they figure out there's a lot of opportunities and how am I going to position myself in this market, what kind of product or services I would like to launch there, then they would go to the very practical things. Right.、Mm-hmm. The number one question would be, okay, what kind of entity should I set up in China?、Right. You know, it's such a big country and it's so different than the U.S. Right. So they need. Professional help to think through their strategy in the very beginning before they、mm-hmm. really get their feet into the China market. Yes. Yeah. Now let's zoom into this topic. From your experience, from all these cases you have done before, can you give us from a very high level, in a nutshell,、mm-hmm. on what are some basic format that companies, especially foreign companies,、mm-hmm. can consider? 
when they go to China? Sure. As I said, there's really quite a few options, and it really depends on the company's short-term, middle-term, and long-term goals for China. And、uh, we oftentimes we wanted to sit down together with the client and really good understanding of what their business plan is for China. And、um, in terms of the business in- entities, really it can range from a, sing- a single representative office, which means a just an、uh, for the of、uh, the home jurisdiction entity, and also it could be a joint venture with、uh, your business partner in China, and it can also be a wholly foreign-owned enterprise, what we call Wufi, in China, and、uh, and the Wufi can also have.、Um, Uh, affiliated entities or branch companies all across China. It really depends on how the company feels ready to go into China.、Mm. So you mentioned the simplest way is to have an office there that、uh, have some people representing them. Right、uh, in China, then to a very comprehensive full-function company, right,、uh, and with branches inside China. <laughs> okay,、yes. okay, sounds a very yeah. Well, range of... maybe I, I can take a step back before considering set up rep- representative office. You can also have a consultant working for you in the U.S. on a personal basis, but then that problem won't、um, have a really a binding relationship with that、uh, consultant. It's really a contractor basis, and it won't. Won't have the same effect as、uh, comparing with having a representative office and you have a full-time employee working for you.、Uh, so, yeah, if you, if the company, if the well, if the client is really thinking about having a presence, not just have a business relationship with China, then the rep office would be the simplest form. Of a、uh, of an entity in China. Yeah, we have done that before. We have our colleagues in China in the consulting firm,、mm. and then representing the client to in the U.S. The client is in the U.S. to engage some business engagement, right? Right.、Uh, visiting、uh, their potential customers or representing them, go to some、uh, sort of trade shows. And、uh, help them to connect、uh, to business opportunities. Then the American side,、uh, they would uh, uh, travel to China、mm-hmm. uh, together、yeah. with the consultant、uh, to do the customer visits、mm-hmm. and then negotiate on contracts. Right. Yeah. So that's the the lowest、uh, entry way to start something, explore、yeah. this market,、uh, and、uh, very cost effective. Definitely,、yeah. and also it's、um, you don't have there is no fixed cost and there's no overhead. Yeah, and、um, yeah, you can have a fixed compensation for the consultant. You can also be on a contingency based compensation. So it's very flexible. That's until you have、um, have a business plan for China that requires you have a presence in China, and sometimes the Chinese customers normally would want to see. A U.S. company or any foreign company have an office in China, so that they、mm-hmm. feel like there's、uh, some place they can go to if something goes wrong.、Yeah. So it's definitely there's a、uh, there's a value to have a, an office, even though as it can be as simple as a representative office.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think、uh, one of the projects、uh, we are working on is,、uh, you know, for. A small established company that they because they have some customers through、mm-hmm. the first stage, right? right. As I mentioned, they travel from U.S. to China to do the business. Then, to a certain point, that the business quantity becomes so 
big, mm-hmm. and uh, the people traveling to China just uh, feeling it's not a very cost-effective, right. spending too much time on the road. And the customer side, they feel that uh, yeah. they are not being taken care of, right? right. Yeah. So they are from customer side, they ask, "Well, do you have some people on the ground? <laughs> on the ground, more like uh, available? Yes. Uh, yeah, every day, right? Oh, at least at the same time zone." <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So this company is looking at okay, what's the best way? Right. How should I set up ourselves in China right. so I can, in the very beginning, at this stage, to manage the customers and right. to, you know, satisfy their need to be available right. as soon as possible when right. they need us. Yeah. Yeah, I think the representative office is a perfect form if the company is only going to use the office as a customer support or point of contact or. Business development purposes, rep office is the perfect form because it really and and also yeah the representative office would not be able to really to sign a contract with the, the customers and it would not be able to bring in any revenues for the company but it can host、uh, a number of employees and、um, can do other things as we just discussed customer support business development and even marketing promotion activities everything can be done through that、uh, representative office. Mm-hmm. So the contract needs to be signed by the whatever the entity registered、yes. in the U.S. Yes, as the formal. Well, the,、uh, the contract can actually can be signed by the the representative in China in the representative office. The、um, entity, the entity the has, yeah, has to be the U.S. entity. Exactly. Yeah, yeah the rep、uh, office itself cannot be a contracting、uh, party. Yeah, the person can sign the、right. contract with the.、Um, Was necessary authority? Yes.、Yeah. Okay. Then let's、uh, dig a little bit into this because this is、uh, one of the very common format for American、right. companies or any countries uh, that uh, the business is starting in,、mm. in China. What kind of、uh, formal government agency side registration that they、right. need to go through in order to set up a representative office in China? Right. For representative office, it's very simple. It's just the local administration, industry, and commerce, the Gongshangju.、Mm-hmm. And、um, yeah, the process is very straightforward. It does not need any prerequisite approval. Really, just、um, getting your incorporating documents notarized and legalized here in the U.S. And then yeah, you have the office lease available ready, and、um, and then there's just、um, several forms you have to complete online. And then once it's pre-approved online, you can submit the actual forms. And once with all the documents are ready, and it takes. Probably two weeks, three weeks to get your your registration certificate for the representative office, and with that registration certificate, you can open a bank account and starting to hire people.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very straightforward.、Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you do not need to put real money no, into no. that bank account. Yeah, the working capital for sustaining the representative office、uh, can be wired from the the parent company or the U.S. entity. To the representative office as working capital, that, that very easy foreign exchange control approval. Yeah, yeah, it's the simplest way, and、uh, the yeah, you don't need to have any registered. registered or what do, what、yeah. do you call it? The capital、uh, registered capital. Yeah. Also, there's yeah, this registered capital or paying capital for、uh, as well. You know, if you're setting up a joint venture or Wolfie, that you have to put in some capital at some time. Yeah, there are some registration on that front. We talk about those business forms. Later on, but a、uh, resident office, no, you don't need to register your capital.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it's ongoing and、uh, will be can be wired on a needed basis.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, you mentioned something earlier that this 
representative office cannot really take the customers' money, no. yeah, into their account. That's right. Uh, the money needs to from the customer side if they do any uh, transaction needs to go back to the whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the customer will still have to pay the U.S. entity in U.S. dollars, and they will have to. Figure out how to transfer RMB to US dollars. That could be a challenge. And recently, we had heard from many clients that the, the Chinese customers really prefer to pay in RMB mm-hmm. and less the hustle to transfer the RMB to US dollars. And the revenue office won't help with that because the revenue office. Yeah, just cannot accept any payments from the customers. And、um, okay, now let's talk the another format, which、uh, if a company want to sign contract in China and、uh, being paid,、mm-hmm. right,、uh, or doing transactions in China, right, then what is the simplest format they can put? Right now, I think it's the wholly foreign enterprise is the right form. And、uh, the approval process has been streamlined in the past few years. And、uh, in addition to the local administration of industry and commerce approval of registration, there is still the approval from the Ministry of Commerce at the local level. And、uh, depending on the really which province or which city you are setting up the WUFI, and the requirement will be slightly different. But generally, there is still a two-step approval process.、Mm-hmm. So. The Wufi wholly foreign-owned entity. entity. Yes. Okay. For this format, then if you look at the pros and the cons、yes. of you know having such a company and the relationship of this Wufi to the headquarter,、mm-hmm. let's say U.S. Right. Okay. Can you help us analyze this? Yeah, well, having a Wufi in China because legally it's a Chinese entity and it's an independent entity from the U.S. entity. So you would have、uh, once Wufi set up, you have to have the intercompany agreements so that the Wufi can send any revenues back to the U.S. entity and headquarters. And also, there need to be depending on what the the client wants to to do for the Wufi, it might be necessary to have、um, a set of、uh, license agreements. For the Wufi, so that、uh, can create streams of revenues that can come from the Wufi to the U.S. quarters,、mm-hmm. and also if the Wufi is profitable and、uh, it can also always penetrate dividends back to the U.S. quarters, back headquarters.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, but generally, we mentioned about the, the Chinese customers don't want to go through the foreign exchange process to pay U.S. dollars,、mm-hmm. but having setting up that Wufi, basically, U.S. companies would. Take that burden or the responsibility upon on itself, and using that Wufi to handle all those、um, uh, foreign exchange issues. But of course, if the company has a long-term plan for China, as most American companies do, they would just keep the money in the Wufi、mm-hmm. and keep control,、uh, grow that Wufi in China, and, and try to repatriate the dividends or the revenues back to the U.S. gradually or at a later stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you do have to think about how to get money out of China.、Mm. That's always one of the top issues that U.S. companies have to think. Even though you don't have to get money out of China right away,、mm-hmm. you really need to have a strategy. That goes back to the question whether you want to do set up the the Wufi in China using your U.S. entity directly or using another entity like holding entity or special. Purpose vehicle somewhere, in, maybe in Cayman Islands or Hong Kong, as、um, can be used as a for tax planning purposes and also for using that special vehicle 
as a firewall against the potential liabilities in China. That's another issue we can talk about.、Uh, we will talk about that a little bit later. I want to just、uh, get to a little bit deeper、mm-hmm. and the details on the Wufi side. Sure. So for registration, let's think about the first step. Right. Right. You want to register a company in China、right. as a Wufi. Right. Then the requirements here: who can be the person、right. represent this company、mm-hmm. in China? Because it's a very much a China. Right. Registered. China company,、right. independent to the U.S. headquarter, right? Right. So, who can be the person? The Americans in the U.S. side can they be the person representing the company,、yes. the legal person?、Mm-hmm. And what are the things required, including、yeah. the money, registration capital? Sure.、Yeah. The the person really in charge of Wufi is called a legal representative、mm-hmm. and a 法庭代表人 And generally, that person can be the the chairman of the board of directors of that Wufi,、mm-hmm. or can be if you don't have want to have a board, you can just have one executive director. And also, the legal representative can be the general manager. And、um, there's no requirement for any of the, these rules have to be a Chinese national. An American citizen can be the legal representative, can be the chairman of the board, can be the executive director, can be the general manager. And also, there's no requirement. Well, except for the case of a general manager, the general manager is, or CEO. is yeah, the CEO is, is expected to be on the ground in China to、mm-hmm. be really the general manager. But the chairman of the board or the executive director can be someone actually living in the U.S. and、mm-hmm. just traveling to China occasionally. That's fine.、Uh, but another practical issue that the companies have to think about is that、um, being the legal representative、um, has a lot of.、Uh, Administrative burdens,、mm-hmm. like all those contracts, you have to be signed by the legal representative, and even in,、uh, you know, like、um, opening a bank account or there's certain、uh, bank payments have to be signed by the representative. So there is a benefit to have someone on the ground to be that legal representative.、Mm-hmm. And another issue to keep in mind, even though it's just maybe just theoretically, so legal representative is a representative of the company. And the legal representative does have personal liabilities, if the company was found to engage in illegal activities, and the yeah the legal representative is himself or herself will be facing some personal or individual liabilities. So there's really there are pros and cons. In terms of the who should be the legal representative.、Mm-hmm. Well,、wow. so it's very important to select someone who can be on the ground doing、yeah. all this administrative someone, work. But、yeah. in the meantime, really can represent the company. Right, someone you can trust, but you can still have you know have a the internal control mechanism in place and check and balance.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just really depends on how complicated the the, the U.S. entities wanted to control the Wufi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about the registered capital into the account as a starting point? Because、um, it's required. It's Versus, required. Yeah, in、right、the US, now, you don't need to put money. Yeah, there's a two concepts. So just one is registered capital. That registered capital has to be compatible with the the, the business scope and,、uh, and also the contemplated business activities of that Wufi. And、uh, the paid-in capital is the the money actually you have to wire into the Wufi's bank account. So、there are really two different concepts, the, and also business scope is really something new to most U.S. companies.、Mm-hmm. It's time to take a quick break, and we will come back and talk more about this capital side of issues, what to pay attention to, and what needs to consider before you really get the company registered.
Are you interested in expanding your business to China but don't know how to start? Are you wondering how to grow your sales in the China market and win over competition? Meet Michelle Zhou and her team at Pacific Technologies Consulting Group. Our consultants are U.S.-China experts and have all lived and worked in both the U.S. and China with many years' experience in market entry strategies, management, and execution. We can help you find the right partners, develop opportunities, and grow your business in China. Please visit ptcgconsulting.com today. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting.com. Now, back to this week's program. So, welcome back. Before the break... Uh, Ian, you have talked about uh, the capital when you do the registration of the company, and there's two concepts. One is registered capital, the other is paid-in capital. I think this is uh, very different than the U.S. side. They don't have this concept. So right. can you tell us a little bit about, uh, in more details, on if you use uh, the American analogy to think about uh, how do we consider what are these concepts uh, it means, and right. how do we consider, you know, what uh, What's the right amount we should put there? Okay. Well, Chinese legal system is adapted from the German with the civil law system, and the U.S. is more、uh, the case law system. And also, if we go back to the history of the China open doors and、uh, starting to allow foreign companies to set up subsidiaries in China, I think currently is still a criteria for evaluating the local officials' performance. Is how much capital they are attracting the foreign from the foreign investors. So that where the raised capital and the pending capital came from. In the U.S., you don't have to put in capital, or at least you don't have to report how much money each shareholder putting in the company. That's a completely private matter, and the company do not have to report anything other than to the IRS. But if in China, the raised capital and the pending capital are the the two. Really、uh, critical numbers for the local officials and for the government, central government, to monitor how much foreign investment is coming into China.、Mm-hmm. So the raised capital is really the you can consider that as a an amount that、um, the foreign company is committed to put in China.、Uh, but the paying capital is actually the the money is actually the cash the, the cash the hard cash actually injected. Of putting to the entity in China,、mm-hmm. so that's like the two concepts. And、uh, I mentioned about the raised capital and paying capital has to be compatible with the business plan of the company. It really depends on what industry the company is in and how sizable of the company、uh, want to grow the presence in China. For example, if you, if the company is really in the retail business, you need to rent a large commercial site. We need to hire a lot of people. Then the raised capital and the paid capital will have to be really sizable,、uh, considerable. But if you're a consulting company or trading company, you don't have to put in a lot of money to get the company set up and running. So then the raised capital can be、uh, lower.、Mm-hmm. It really depends on the industries that the the company will be in, and also the、uh, the actual business plan for the company, the entity in China.、Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's、uh, one of the major difference we should、uh, remember、right. uh, when we 
trying to set up a company in China. Right.、Mm. That's the Wufi format you mentioned about. Anything else that we should consider? Right. Another big difference is that most U.S. companies don't have a limited business scope.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you look at a U.S. company's articles of association or memorandum of association, generally the business code would be anything permitted by law. But in China, since the again the central government is trying to monitor how much investment foreign investment is coming into China and in which industries the foreign investment is coming in, and also for a regulatory basis, right now U.S. and China is having the tree tops,、mm-hmm. and、uh, when China. Enter WTO to be part of the international business community. China has promised to open up its market in certain categories,、yes. and so that's where the business come, business scope coming in. It depends on really like okay, which industry that the U.S. company is coming in. There's a catalog, and right now it's called the negative list. U.S. companies cannot like invest in a certain categories of business in China. So in in those areas that a foreign investment is allowed. And then there are also there may be a requirement for the U.S. company have a joint venture partner、mm-hmm. to engage in certain categories of business, and we'll get into that later. But even for industry where foreign investment is completely permissible, the Chinese government authorities still require each company has a defined business scope,、mm-hmm. and sometimes the the local administrative commerce and the industry can be very particular about the. The language of the business scope.、Mm-hmm. The business scope will be shown on the business license of the, of the company, and they think that the, the general public will rely on the information disclosed on the business license to understand whether the company is doing business in a legitimate way.、Mm. So, business scope is a,、uh, one area the U.S. companies have to think about how to define that, and you don't want to have to be. Too broad to attract unnecessary attention from the government. At the same time, you want to be as broad as possible so that you can you really room, include. Right? Yeah, you can. You, you can have、grow. room to grow, and you don't have to go back to the administration of the industry and the commerce to revise your business goal. Later on, we have to think. Oh, there's something else we want to do through that movie. Uh huh. Yeah,、okay. that's one key difference you have to keep in mind. Mm. Okay, there are some differences here, and the liability you mentioned earlier. I think that's something we also need to think about, right?、Uh, the person whose name is on this legal representative for、right. the company has a certain liability. Well,、uh, potential liabilities. Potential liabilities. If the company is really doing, they will be responsible. Yeah, very responsible. Yes. Yeah.、Uh, then there's the limited liability. Type versus、uh, you know some other type when the company is registered there. Right. Is it like in the U.S. because we have LLC,、right. we have you know、right. uh, the Inc. and we have many different、uh, type for companies to、right. register. Then in China, how does that look like? On that front, actually, the Chinese companies are very similar to the U.S. companies.、Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely a limited liability protection for a foreign investor in China. And、uh, the Wufi will take the form of a limited liability company in China, but it's not the same as the limited liability in the U.S. It's more like a corporation in the U.S. Tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, well, in the U.S., LLC is basically is is the right form for small business,、mm-hmm. and、um, normally you can choose to, for tax purposes, it can be passing through, meaning that the owner or the member of the LLC. 
does not have to pay the tax for the LLC. The tax of the LLC can be combined with the individual tax with the, the member. And the corporation, as the, the LLC's owner, can select to file tax as a special corporation. For Chinese companies, it's called a limited liability company, but it's, it's really similar to a corporation in the U.S. I see. So there's a, we wouldn't really use LLC type of format in no. China. It's right. a corporation. It's when you register Wufi, it's a corporation. Right. And uh, it's a separate entity versus... Uh, you cannot uh, think about the tax uh, combined with individual tax. No, mm-hmm. no. And, and most, I guess most U.S. companies do not want that yeah. <laughs> in China. And the other thing is, since we touched on tax, I think that's another thing just to get a little bit more here. In China, historically, we didn't have individual tax filing Mm -hmm. in that way, right? Now it's changing. I don't know the new law yet. Just thinking about the way how business was done was the company will withhold the tax for the individual employees and then you know they pay on behalf (laughs) of the uh, person so there's no concept uh, like in the US uh, you do personal tax filing by the end of the year or in April in the US yeah Yeah, well now there's a requirement for individuals to file their tax returns every year if their income is over a certain threshold I think currently it's probably uh, 20,000 US dollars, that's really low. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're having some talks to raise that threshold, mm-hmm. maybe to, uh, yeah, 50,000 US dollars. But the central government is trying really to expand the tax base and to increase revenues um, for the state government. But uh, as continually evolving. But again, I'm a legal expert, but not tax expert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would strongly encourage any U.S. companies, when you set up, consider setting up the, the presence in China, just get a, a tax advisor uh, from the very beginning so that um, you know how to structure your transactions with China and also your business entities, especially whether to use a, a tax haven jurisdiction to set up a special purpose vehicle to set up the, to be the direct shareholder of the Wufi in China. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will talk about that a little bit later because it's more complicated. Yes. <laughs> you just mentioned a joint venture, and that uh, can be another format for a company that's uh, looking at the China market. So can you share a little bit more information about uh, at what kind of situation a company may consider joint venture and what's the benefit and uh, the pros and cons of that? Mm-hmm. The joint venture is a form suitable when a U.S. company already have a business partner in China. And also, it might be the case where the industry that the company, U.S. company, want to get into is um, in China. is a regulated industry where the, the Chinese regulations of the law require some level of Chinese equity interest in the, in the business. So where yeah, the U.S. industry will have to find a business partner to be engaging in that industry in China. A perfect example would be auto industry. In the 80s, when, when China first opened its door to the car manufacturing industry, all the international brands coming into China and setting up joint ventures with Chinese companies. Mm-hmm. And um, and that type of joint ventures actually the, is one of the central issues between US and China um, in the trade talks. Uh, it's where the U.S. government is criticizing the Chinese government is trying to force U.S. companies to, to give up its technologies, 
to the to the Chinese partners. That's actually true, and、um, now. The Chinese government recently issued a new foreign investment regulation to permit the U.S. companies or the foreign companies not to transfer the technologies to the the joint venture or the Chinese partners. That's the the, the history, the historic background of that of, of those joint ventures. Nowadays, we still can see a lot of joint ventures. Like for example, the NBA China is a joint venture between the NBA. In the U.S. and some funds in China, like the Bank of China and also the Li Keqing、uh, Fund, they basically using the UNBA China as a、uh, a platform to do sports、uh, business in China, and、uh, that joint venture is actually a joint venture setting up in the Cayman Islands, and、uh, that's for、um, primarily for business reasons because NBA realized that they they need business partners to grow the business in China. Yeah, yeah. Because、uh, when you get into China, if you are not very familiar with that market, if you can find a good right. business partner, right, then you have a better chance of、uh, succeed in、yes. that market. Yes, and in terms of pros and cons, joint venture is like a marriage.、Mm-hmm. If you marry the right person, you will prosper, and if you If the marriage relationship gets sour, then you have a lot of issues to deal with. Rather compared with a, a wolfy, yeah, that's.、Uh, Really, in the U.S. companies, if they can find a right business partner and their interests are aligned and、uh, their visions are the same, then yeah, joint venture will not be a bad form to consider.、Mm-hmm. So far, you have talked about、uh, the simplest way: having an office, representative office,、mm-hmm. then having the Wufi wholly owned, and then having the joint venture. Mm-hmm. I think、uh, we are going to take another quick break, and after that, we will touch on the VIE,、mm-hmm. you, the variable interest entity、yes. structure. You mentioned a couple、uh, of times,、uh, which、yes. is really complicated. Very complicated.、Uh, so we just、uh, want to get a sense of、uh, what it is and、uh, yes. who should consider that. Okay. Okay. China is now the second largest economy in the world. There are hundreds of opportunities for worldwide business professionals to start looking in China. From business leaders to manufacturers to artists and students, you need to discover these opportunities to grow your business and your career. Listen every week for In China with Michelle Zhou, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For business sake, you need to tune in. You are listening to In China with Michelle Zhou. To call into our program today, please call one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. You may also send an email to info at ptcgconsulting dot com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back. Now let's. Touch on this very complicated format. The format VIE. Can you first、uh, briefly explain the concept,、uh, the variable interest、uh, entity? What does it mean? <laughs> Actually, an accounting concept for any company to do the financial disclosure, and the group company, the parent company, can consolidate all of its subsidiaries' income and revenues, profits together, and then report that. Normally, so that's the you know the company has the 100% ownership of the subsidiaries or majority interest, macro interest in those subsidiaries, and so that's really from a shareholding structure. That's、uh, really can see very clearly 
the subsidiaries are owned or controlled by the parent company. The variable interest entity is、um, really a concept, a form invented by lawyers and accountants some time ago. In the Chinese setting, it was very common for、uh, most the internet companies. Like、Alibaba, internet companies,、okay. Alibaba, Tencent, because even now Chinese government has really strict control over the internet,、uh-huh. as people can appreciate. And so, even for the Chinese company, they, if they wanted to go public in the U.S., because the Chinese stock market has really very high requirements for profitability,、uh. and which is very hard for the Chinese internet companies to meet. So the Created this concept, or you use this concept of, of variable interest entity, to using a purely domestic entity to hold all the licenses for the internet business in China, but setting up the owners or the start or the the、uh, entrepreneurs will set up in a foreign entity. Most common place will be British Virgin Islands or Cayman Islands, and then they use that companies to set up offices in China. So the Chinese owner created a foreign company outside of China, then use that company as a foreign company to invest、yes. in China. <laughs> okay. Yes, very complicated because you will have to a Chinese company itself will not be able to get listed in the U.S. or elsewhere outside outside of China. So they have to create that entity and、um, using those woofies to have a set of documents. To show the, the stock regulators in the U.S. that their entity offshore has total control over the domestic entities,、mm. and also their sets of documents to create channels to have the revenues generated from China and they can be repatriated to the offshore entity. Okay, now let's、uh, think about an、uh, American company. Right. Why would they do this? One situation would be if the U.S. companies wanted to engage in highly regulated business in China, like the internet.、Mm-hmm. Again, like NBA China, when they first wanted to come to China to do business on its own、uh, in 2006, 2005,、uh, they were thinking about、um, you know selling. You mean uh, 2006 and uh, 2005? Yes,、yeah, so、that's a bit long time ago,、mm-hmm. and、um, they wanted to do the online sales on their own.、Mm-hmm. And because the internet licenses are only available to domestic companies, then they would have to somehow find what do we call the nominee shareholders to hold the the shares of a domestic company. Of course, that will create a lot of、uh, concerns over the over how to control that domestic company. So NBA China actually didn't really take that route. They just basically, you know, cooperated with the existing business partners for the online sales business.、Mm-hmm. But that's、um, in other situations, some U.S. companies would just think it's、um, too complicated to set up the woofy and you know, set up the special vehicle, special purpose vehicle, and and it takes a lot of time. And also, we'll have to go through the government approval process. Yeah, sometimes you know, U.S. company have Chinese shareholders or investors. You just ask those investors or, or shareholders to set up the domestic entity, which takes much less time and efforts just to set up.、Uh, but then they have to put in place the control documents, the intercompany documents together, and so that they can the the domestic entity's revenues can be consolidated into the U.S. company. It's very complicated.、Uh, sounds like a VIE structure. 
it is very complicated, but it's more for the Chinese company that they want to go public uh, in uh, in other markets. Right. Uh, so they set up in this way. Right. Okay. Is there any American companies uh, doing the VIE structure? It's very uncommon. Okay. And um, some years ago, some of my clients actually asked me whether it's advisable to using to use the VIE structure to set up their China business. Yeah, we've done extensive analysis, and uh, all of our clients decided not to take that form.、Mm-hmm. Then I assume at the end they took Ufi format. Right. right. Okay. Right. That sounds good. All right. After introduce the basic、uh, different formats to our audience, I think、uh, it's a time that you help us uh, understand uh, how a foreign company entering to China thinking about、uh, their process of evolving their structure. Maybe share a example, a case that you have done before to make it alive. Sure, I'm happy to share on a no name basis of a, a case that I'm currently working on. It's a U.S. based fund management company, and they are trying to raising capital in China because there is a great demand for U.S. for the. Chinese middle class to diversify their investment and to allocate some of their assets into the U.S.、Uh, so that、uh, company of mine,、uh, that the company,、uh, decided to take it on that that opportunity, and、uh, they have been thinking about their business processes in China. And earlier this year, actually,、uh, I helped them to set up a representative office in Shanghai. So they have now have two employees in Shanghai, and they're、uh, doing marketing, promotion, and customer support.、Uh, but the contracts with their Chinese customers are signed in the U.S., and the customers will put in、uh, money into the U.S. bank account、uh, of the company. But the company is currently talking with some business partners in China on a potential collaboration agreements, and also they're thinking to set up their、uh, woofies. Uh, in China, and also there's a possibility that、uh, if the business relationship with their partners in China goes deeper, and they might consider set up a joint venture and using and then use the joint venture to get the fund management licenses in China. So it's、uh, the business they are doing. Is that a、uh, Under the registration,、yes. uh, the it is a, a highly regulated, regulated.、Uh, area.、Uh-huh. Yes, and、uh, right now the the government still requires a majority shares will have to be owned by、uh, a Chinese company. But so, you just mentioned they're the, also considering about the Wufi. Yeah, the Wufi will be more in a consulting business, and also well, there's、uh, I'm getting into the details of the industry. There are two types of、uh, fund. There's a private fund, and there's also the public fund. And then the private fund is more, you know, you cannot do road shows of your fund, and you really have to be based on on case by case basis. And it's a very, it's harder to raise capital if you're using the private fund、um, form.、And、the public fund will, that's where the Chinese regulations are really tight. They will have to to partner with a Chinese company to set up that、uh, public fund company.、Mm-hmm. So their business is evolving. Uh, right. From the very beginning, just、uh, yeah, in China, trying to do the promotion, and the money goes to the U.S. headquarters into、right. the U.S.、Uh, account. Right.、Uh, to then they want to set up their private fund in、right. China through Wufi. Right. And then they are looking at well, possibly in the future doing public fund, which、right. needs a joint venture. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's、uh, really just.、Uh, They are、uh, working on their business plan, and also they are talking with、uh, some of the potential business partners. Yeah, there's、uh, along the way they will, based on their needs, yeah, they will choose different business forms.、Mm-hmm. 
Well, I have a client that they are doing software development, and、uh, they are thinking about、uh, set up、uh, their entity in China so、mm-hmm. that they would be able to serve the market better,、uh, mm-hmm. the users in China better. So, what's your suggestion for them to start? Well, it depends on their current business with China. If they already have a sizable base of customers in China, and their customers need support,、uh, they might. Thing to set up a representative office in China so that they have several employees to providing customer support and also business development functions for the U.S. software development company. Customer base grow and there's a need for a more localized software. And then they are looking at the R and D. Yes, and then yeah, that will be、um, it makes more sense for them to set up an Wufi and Wufi can do R and D in China, can hire software development、um, developers in China, can serve the their customers、uh, better by having a an actual office and、uh, an entity in China.、Mm-hmm. Sounds great.、Um, I would just add one thing: if any U.S. companies.、Uh, Considering set up a business presence in China, it's a really I would strongly suggest that you talk to a lawyer and a tax advisor as soon, as early as possible, so that you create the right form for your business presence in China, and、uh, will be less costly and and more effective when you plan ahead, and then. Go to China and set up your office.、Mm-hmm. If anybody is interested in talking to you, how can they reach out to you? I'm reachable by email. My email is ian dot yang at highwaylaw dot com. And also, I can find my profile on LinkedIn by searching my name, Ian, I A N, and followed by Ian Hui Yang, Y A N H U I Y A N G. Okay, so from LinkedIn, search Ian Yanhui Yang,、uh, they can find you. Yes. Okay, great. I also want to thank our audience for being here with us today. We talked about、uh, how to select the right entities、uh, to form a business in China. Thank you so much,、uh, Ian, for your time, for your knowledge sharing here. And、uh, we look forward to talk to you in the future, because、uh, I really want to touch on the topic of intellectual property protection.、Mm-hmm. So hopefully, talk to you again next time. Sure, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me today. Thank you for tuning into In China with Michelle Zhao. Please join us for another edition next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk again next week.